So as I said, I try to obey God when he tells me to do something. And right now I'm just going to go into a short prayer and we're going to get into the word. Father God, I thank you for this word that is coming forth this morning, Father God. Let it come forth from you, Father God, and not from me. Just use my vessel as you want to use it, Father God, so that your people may be blessed. I pray that they have the spiritual eyes to see and the ears to hear, Father God, your word. And that word would be engrafted into their hearts, Father God, and never leave but bear fruit and lots of fruit, Father God. We lift our eyes up to you, Father God, because we know that this is where our help comes from, only from you. So, Father, thank you for the Radiant family, the Radiant partners. Thank you, Father God, for taking care of us and our families and our needs, Father God, as only you can do. And we bless you on this day. In Jesus' holy and majestic name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so, God was speaking and speaking and speaking to me about this message, and he gave me so many scriptures, it was hard to keep up. And I'm like, Lord, I only have so many minutes. And he said, okay, okay. You know, um, when I was younger. I don't know if any of you remember this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Now, who came up with that? Because that's a lie. Words can hurt, and words do hurt. You know, my grandmother lived to be 104. She was a feisty, praying woman. In fact, many people say I'm like her. And six months before she passed, we had to put her in a nursing home. We just, we had to. And one day we got a call from the nursing home and they said, your grandmother tried to escape. I was like, what? Yes. She put on her coat, she grabbed her pocketbook, and she walked to the front door and was trying to get it open. And she said, I'm going home. And there were lots of things that I remember that my grandmother would say. And one of her favorite sayings was, baby, yes, grandma, if you can't say anything good about somebody, don't say anything at all. Just put a lid on it. Well, grandma, yes. If you can't say anything good about someone or something, close your mouth. Now, that sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's not all that simple. And I don't know about you, but I've fallen short of that throughout the years. And we've all fallen short. I remember hurting somebody with some very careless words that I said to them at one time. And I hurt them so badly that they just burst out crying. See, they said something hurtful to me, and I wanted to hurt them back. Yes, a Christian 
me. I wanted to hurt them back. And when I, at the moment that I said the words to those, that person, I was like, yeah, I got them back. Good. You hurt me, I hurt you. But when I went home that evening, I felt so bad. I felt horrible. And I just cried out to God, and I said, God, help me. Help me. I am so sorry that I said those hurtful words to a person I considered to be a friend. I even went to this person, and I asked for their forgiveness, and I thank the Lord to this day that we are still friends, and our friendship has grown. But sometimes that's not always the case, okay? But God said something to me. He said something to me when I cried out to him, and he said, Daughter, I made your tongue to bless people with, not to curse them. Your tongue is to be used always as a blessing, and I'll teach you how to do that if you want to learn, but it's your choice. You see, in Matthew 12 and 36, Jesus is talking, and this won't come up on the screen, to the Pharisees and the scribes, and he's telling them that on the day of judgment, every man will have to give an account for their idol tongues or idle speech, their careless words. And so God was telling me, you are responsible, Celeste, for what you say. It's a hard lesson, but you are responsible. And you're also accountable to me for what comes out of your mouth. You see, our tongues are powerful. The words coming out of our mouth can be used to build up and create or to tear down and destroy. Our words matter. They matter. I one day sat back and said, you know what? How many words have I said today? What did I say? Did those words bless people, or were they just careless words just thrown out there? And so I'm on this quest now, on this journey, to be more aware and to be more careful of the words that come out of my mouth. In fact, in Isaiah 55 and 11, God tells us in Isaiah 55 and 11, that his words, the word that goes forth from his mouth, does not return unto him void, that it will accomplish that which pleases him, and that it will prosper into the thing that it was sent. So his word prospers. His word accomplishes his will. His word creates. In fact, we have proof of that from the very first book of the Bible. Go to Genesis 1 and 1 if you have your Bibles with you. 
So life as we know it was created with God's spoken word. And we're going to look at Genesis 1, 1 through 5, and verses 9 through 10. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was, that it was good. See, when he spoke, Creation came into being. When God's words are spoken, things start happening. Things start changing. Things start coming into fruition. You see, over a course of six days, I would have loved to have been back there then to see trees popping up, animals popping up, grass popping up. The sea's coming into existence. Wow. Because he spoke it. He spoke it. And then he called it. He named it. And he even looked at his work. And he said it was good. And on the sixth day, he said it was very good. He spoke us into existence. And on the seventh day, he rested. And so, as Christians, what we say matters. What we say counts. What we say and what comes out of our mouth can create, can change situations, can make the impossible possible. When those faith-filled Holy and Spirit-inspired words come out of our mouth. Things start changing. I said faith-filled, Holy Spirit-inspired words. Not words from our flesh, but faith-filled, Holy Spirit-inspired, Bible-based words. Things start changing. See, in 1988, a husband and wife, Gary and Sharon Gray, were obedient to God, and they witnessed to me and told me about Jesus Christ. And I remember their words were so loving, they were so kind, they were so compassionate. They didn't understand totally what I was going through, but my life was a wreck. As they say today, it was a hot mess, okay? It was. And I was desperate to get out of the life that I was living in. I didn't want it anymore. I didn't. 
but I didn't know what to do. And so God placed in my path two people who spoke faith-filled, Holy Spirit-inspired, Bible-based words to me. And those words demonstrated God's love for me. And two weeks later, I got saved. We, as sons and daughters of Christ, have the ability to help people, to change things, because they spoke the words that led me to salvation. Now, there are words that are spoken that are horrible words of hatred, jealousy, anger. Those words destroy. And I don't know about you, but how many friendships have been broken because someone said something hurtful? Even in marriages, sometimes we can say things to our spouse. It's like, oh, why did I say that? Friendships have been broken up. Families have feuded. Marriages have ended. Young people have taken their own lives because of bullying. And I don't know, but many of you may be aware that there's some type of evil going across our land where we have people in middle school and junior high and high school who are putting these nasty rumors and vicious lies about other students on the internet and being so hateful and so just very, very angry. Those words hurt. And young men and women have taken their lives because of this bullying. And this is not what God wants and we have the ability and the power to stop that. Wars have started between countries simply because of words. In James 3, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. In Proverbs 18 and 21, and I'm going to give you the King James Version, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. But the Message Bible put it simply this way. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. We have a choice. God has given us a choice. We can speak life, or we can speak death. But both of those should not be coming from our mouths. It's either one. And we choose to speak life. Life into our families. Life into our situations at work. You know, if a Christian is in the workplace and there's some nasty stuff going on, instead of reacting to what's going on, the politics, maybe the unfairness or whatever is going on in the workplace. We see it all the time. 
We should be speaking life into that situation. We should be standing on the word and say, Father God, you are able to handle this situation. I come to you, Father God, pleading the blood of Christ over it. Because, Father God, it's going to take you to change the hearts of the people here. Father, use me in a way that only you can, Father God, to help change the situation, to help change the circumstance. Because I'm a child of God and greater is he that is in me, which is you, Lord, than he that is in the world. You told me I could do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And I believe that word. I stand on that word. I depend on that word. That word is life to my very soul. I believe, Lord, help me in this situation. Use me as an agent of change. Use me, God, to set an example, to demonstrate your love in this situation. And if I cannot be a blessing, don't let me, Father God, say anything. Let me be quiet and just let me pray. We have the ability through the blood of Jesus Christ and the greater one that is within us to change situations. We do. Because that word, this Bible, everything in it, everything, everything is true. Every promise, every scripture is Holy Spirit inspired. It was written by men, but Holy Spirit inspired them. And it's true. And so we know the word, and God expects us to do the word. Amen? So in James 3, 1 through 5, and I'm using the Message Bible, and this is the epistle James wrote, and he's talking to the Jewish Christians. And he says, don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. The words that we speak, those faith-filled, Holy Spirit-inspired words can accomplish anything. Yes, us, us, we, the believers, yes, you sitting in your seat right now here at Radiant, 
God's spirit in you can accomplish anything. See, when we speak God's word, we're taking dominion over a situation. When we speak God's word, he gave us dominion. I know Adam and Eve messed it up, but Jesus came back. He came to reconcile us back unto the Lord. And so if we are believers, we have dominion. We have dominion. We have dominion. Some of you are looking at me and you're saying, oh, Celeste, okay. But that's his word. He gave us dominion. So our faith-filled, Holy Spirit-inspired words will, number one, glorify God and demonstrate his love. Our Holy Spirit-inspired words show other people that God loves them. If we believe the Bible as Christians, then our words and our actions should line up with what's in this word right here. Okay? Our lives should be bearing lots of fruit. You know, you don't even have to tell people you're a Christian. Just be a Christian. Okay? Just be it. You don't have to go into the workplace. You don't have to, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian and I'm here to save you today, you sinner. You don't have to do that. Just speak to them with love. Just be kind. Just give them a hug. Just tell them you're praying for them. And they will see the glory of God upon you and in you. And they will gravitate to you. I worked at a place one time. I was in the lunchroom putting something in the microwave. This man came up to me and he said, are you a Christian? I said, I am. I said, it's funny, why do you ask that question? He says, it's just something about you. Just something about you. I said, and? And he says, well, I was thinking about going to church and bringing my kids. My wife and I are going through a divorce. Things are really nasty right now. And I was thinking, I said, would you like to come to my church? He said, yeah. And so I invited him and his kids out, and they all came to Christ. Not because of me, but because of the God in me. Not because of me. In myself, no. But in God, through Christ, everything is possible. But he watched me. And so everyone is watching us, even when we think they're not. In fact, Matthew 15 and 11, which is not on the screen, but God was giving me all these scriptures. And essentially what it says is it's not what enters into the mouth that defiles someone, but what comes out of the mouth defiles them. Not what comes in, but what comes out. And so our words are important. Our tongues are powerful. We can create or we can destroy through the use of words. Faith-filled, Holy Spirit-inspired words bring life, number two, 
into what appears to be a hopeless situation. In Mark 5, 21 through 43, the Bible gives us an account of Jairus. He's a ruler of a synagogue. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. She's sick. But if you'll just come to my house, if you will just lay hands on my daughter, I know that she will be healed and she will live. So Jesus agrees to go to the home of Jairus. And on their way, the throngs of people are after Jesus. They just want to touch him and be around him. And the woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, she's trying to reach the hem of his garment. She's fighting to get in through that crowd. She's pressing because nothing is going to stop her from her blessing. And she touches that hem. And she gets healed immediately. And Jesus is talking to her. And he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. And while he's talking to her, Someone comes and says, Jairus' daughter is dead. She's dead. Now, Jesus didn't say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, let's turn around. He looked at Jairus and he said, be not afraid, just believe. And they pressed forward. They pressed forward. And they got to Jairus' home. And outside of Jairus' home were people wailing and weeping and crying and, she's dead. She's dead. And Jesus says, she's not dead. She just sleeps. And they laughed at him. They laughed at him. And you know what? He had to make them all leave because when you're in a crisis and your very life or someone else's life depends on it, you can't be around people who aren't going to speak faith-filled words. You need to be around people who will speak life into the situation. You have to. In fact, Jesus took Peter he took James and John, and he took the ruler, Jairus, and his wife into the young girl's room. She's 12 years old. And Jesus says, Talitha, Talitha kumi. And that means, damsel, I say unto you, arise. The young girl, being also 12 years of age, arises. Faith-filled words. They bring life into a situation. They change things. Well, I'm not Jesus, but we're Christ-like. We have and have been given through our inheritance the ability to do even greater works than Jesus Christ. You know, um, 
I'm not going to confess this, but if I had to go into a hospital, you're going to think I'm mean. But I would, I would tell you definitely, I would limit the number of people who would come in and visit. Because I already know what the doctor said. And I respect doctors. But whose report are we going to believe? We must believe the report of the Lord. So after the doctor gives me his prognosis or her prognosis and tells me X, Y, and Z, and you're going to experience this, and you're going to have this kind of pain, and you're going to be out of da-da-da, I want people to come in and say, Celeste, our father says that you are his daughter, and he has healed you from the top of his, your head to the soles of your feet. You are not going to experience what the doctors say. God is going to use his supernatural power. He's going to take his super and put it on top of the natural, and he's going to do something for you that's extraordinary. There may be 40 or 50 people who've had this, and maybe what the doctor said, that all happened to them, but for you it's different because we are going to speak faith into the situation, and we are going to speak God's word into the situation, and we are going to stand on this word and pray and pray and pray and pray until it is manifested. And even when it doesn't look like it's going to do it, we're going to stand and stand and stand. Because he is our hope. He is our hope. And our help comes from him. Okay, so I'm going to share something kind of really personal to you, but I need to because I feel led to do it. And it's not all about me, but I use examples in my life to illustrate God's goodness. So um, some of you know I'm a widow. And my husband had a heart attack in 2008, and then he had another one in 2009. And the one in 2008, he recovered from very well. But in 2009, that heart attack took him home. So I've had people say to me, oh, Celeste, you minister this healing and you talk about God's healing power and what happened to your husband? How come it didn't work on your husband? And I say to them, in God's infinite wisdom, he gave them total healing. He let them come home. He is healed beyond comparison. He will never experience another sick day in his life because he is with the Lord. Would I have preferred for him to stay with me? Yes. Why do we pray for some people and they get healed and they don't and some don't? I don't know. But I know my husband was a believer and I know right now he's in glory. And as much as he loved me, he loves God more. And he said, I'm outie. I'll see you when you get here, but I'm out. And so he received ultimate healing, ultimate healing. And why do I have peace about that? 
because I trust the infinite wisdom of God. I do. I do. It took me a while to get there, but I trust him. Number three, and I got to speed this up. We are to use our faith-filled, Holy Spirit-inspired words to build up those who are fearful and lack confidence. Ephesians 4 and 29 say, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The words coming out of our mouth should build people up. It should help them. It should help them and bless them. And number four, the words coming out of our mouth should stop the works of the devil. See, in Matthew 4, when Holy Spirit took Jesus up to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil kept trying to tempt him, Jesus, every time, he didn't have a long discourse with the enemy, he spoke the word to him. Every time the enemy tried to tempt him, he didn't start, you know, well, devil, I am the son of God, you know, because the devil said, if you are the son of God. He didn't try to justify. He just told him that you will serve the, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he quoted scripture. And you know what? The devil had to leave. In your lives, my lives, our lives, when we speak to the enemy and we speak scripture to him, he has to flee. He has to. He cannot stay. Light and dark cannot coexist together. And when those faith-filled, Holy Spirit-filled words come out of your mouth, light, light illuminates. And he must flee. So... Let's go back to when I cried out to the Lord. And this is a whole different message, but I need to share this with you. When I asked him, help me with my tongue. Help me, Father God, to use my tongue to bless. You know what he said? He said, daughter, your mouth problem is a heart problem. It's a heart problem. See, there are some unclean things in your heart, and I need to pluck them out. I, God, can only do that through my word. And he said, you need lots of deposits, lots of deposits of my word in you, and it will flush out the unclean things in your heart. So the more you put of me and you, the more word, then that junk has to leave. And what will come out of your mouth will represent me, will demonstrate my love. And so I want to close on this scripture. Luke 6, 43. I'm sorry. Someone may need to double check that for me. It says, it should be 43 through 45. I'm sorry. No good tree bears bad fruit, 
nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And that is Luke 6, 43 through 45. And so if you're struggling right now and you want God to help you be stronger in terms of your speech and the things that you say, the timing, what you say and how you say it so that you can be a blessing to those that you encounter, he'll do it. He's doing it for me. But it's a lifelong quest. It's a lifelong journey. You just don't get the word in you and you stop. It's every day. Every day. And we get stronger. And so, Lord, right now we pray, Father God. We pray, Father God, and ask for your assistance, Lord, your help. We need you, Father God. We need you to show us what to say, how to say it, and when to say it, Lord, in every situation. In our homes, at work, in communities, even when we're on vacation, Father God, they're looking at us, Father God, to see the light. They want the light, and we are the light and the salt. Father God, only you can help us, only you. And so right now, Father, I'm believing that this word that went forth today, Father God, has changed the lives of those in here. I'm believing, Father God, in faith, Father God, and joining my faith with everyone here, Father God, that when we speak, Father God, things are going to change. We're going to change communities, Father God, by confessing your word and doing the work. Father God, our homes are going to change because we are going to speak the word at our homes. And Father God, we're going to put into action those things that you've taught us to do through your word. Our workplaces are going to change because we're going to speak the word, Daddy, and we're going to put the action behind those words, Father God, to demonstrate your love in the earth. And we thank you, Daddy. We thank you. In Jesus' holy name, we pray and say, Amen.